Little known fact. Chip's, yeah. Chip's birth name, legal name, actual name, is Chipstifer Theophilus Bungard. Not many people know that. So yeah. we wanted to let you guys in on that. Some people call me Theo for short. Yeah, Chip Theo. Yeah. Okay, well, Eric, we're at a new book. It's day 320. We're at uh, the book of Acts. That's Acts of the at. Apostles. The Acts of the Apostles. Not like the like the chopping axe. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, not that at or all. Or not like the axe you a question. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Acts. Acts of the Apostles. Acts. Hey, we're excited to read this book. Chip and I have been talking about this book a lot lately. Yeah, very excited to read it. So we're going to get after it here in Acts chapter 1. The Promise of the Holy Spirit. In my first book, that would be the Gospel of Luke. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen disciples excuse me, apostles, further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once when he was eating uh, with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The Ascension of Jesus. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Matthias replaces Judas. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a distance of about a half mile. When they arrived, they went to the upstairs room of the house where they were staying. Here are the names of those who were present. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. During this time, when about 120 believers were together in one place, Peter stood up and he addressed them. Brothers, he said, the scriptures had to be fulfilled concerning Judas, who guided those who arrested Jesus. This was predicted long ago by the Holy Spirit, speaking through King David. Judas was one of us and shared in the ministry with us. Judas had bought a field with the money he received for his treachery. Falling headfirst there, his body split open, spilling out all his intestines. The news of his death spread to all the people of Jerusalem, and they gave the place the Aramaic name Akeldama, which means field of blood. Peter continued, this was written in the book of Psalms where it says, let his home become desolate with no one living in it. It also says, let someone else take his position. So now we must choose a replacement for Judas from among the men who were with us the entire time we were traveling with the Lord Jesus, from the time he was baptized by John until the day he was taken from us. Whoever is chosen will join us as a witness of Jesus' resurrection. So they nominated two men, Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. And Matthias. They, uh, then they prayed, O Lord, you know every heart. Show us which of these men you have chosen. 
as an apostle to replace Judas in his ministry, for he has deserted us and gone where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and Matthias was selected to become an apostle with the other eleven. The Holy Spirit comes. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At the time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying they're just drunk, that's all. How much sense does that make? I can understand what they're saying. Yeah, they're drunk. Yeah. Peter preaches to the crowd. First sermon time. Yeah. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. Yeah. (laughs) No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. In those days I'll pour out my spirit even on the servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in heavens above and signs on earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before the great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen, and this pre and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. Mm-hmm. King David said this about him. I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad, and my tongue shouts his praises, my body rests in hope. For you will not leave my soul among the dead, or allow your holy one or allow your holy one to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life, and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. Dear brothers, think about this. You can be sure that the patriarch David wasn't referring to himself, for he died and was buried, and his tomb is still here among us. But he was a prophet, and he knew God had promised with an oath that one of David's own descendants would sit on his throne. David was looking into the future and speaking of the Messiah's resurrection. He was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot in the grave. God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of the highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. For David himself never ascended into heaven, yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand, until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this 
made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him to the other, and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly mm-hmm. urging all his listeners, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. Yeah. Those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. The believers form a community. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared money with those in need. They worshipped together in the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared meals with a great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their number, their fellowship, those who were being saved. Acts chapter 3, Peter heals a crippled beggar. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. As he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where he was the man holding, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Peter preaches in the temple. Peter saw this opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision to release him. You rejected this holy righteous one and in Instead, demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this fact. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Friends, I realize that what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance. But God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things. Now repent of your sins and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord, and he will again send you, send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. For he must remain in heaven until the time for the final restoration of all things, as God promised long ago through his holy prophets. Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. Listen carefully to everything he tells you. Then Moses said, Anyone who will not listen to that prophet will be completely cut off from God's people. Starting with Samuel, every prophet spoke about what is happening today. You are the children of those prophets, and you are included in the covenant God promised your ancestors. For God said to Abraham, Through your descendants, all the families of the earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, Jesus, he sent him first to you people of Israel to bless you by turning each of you back from your sinful ways. Okay. Woo. 
First three. Book of Acts. Very good. So good. So, uh, Chip, so what? Man, this, I am so excited we're in the Book of Acts. Mm -hmm. I love this beginning. You know, um, Jesus, you know, ascends to the Father. Um, and that is exciting. Now the people are empowered by God, the Holy Spirit. Jesus promised the Holy Spirit comes, just takes over. And I love, you know, I've mentioned this before, just Peter is now preaching mm -hmm. to these people. And they're seeing um, those being saved, added to their number, thousands of people coming to faith in Jesus. And a couple things here. Number one, Peter is preaching with conviction. You know, he experienced it, and now he's speaking about it. And so this, this, this really inspires me, mm -hmm. and it should inspire all of us, because if you've accepted Jesus and you really understand what he's done for you and the fact that God loves you, accepts you, forgives you, and you have a citizenship not here, but there in heaven waiting for you. And mm -hmm. Jesus is preparing a place for you, sitting at the right hand of God the Father. It is so amazing. And we are so excited. And, and Peter is excited. He's preaching with conviction. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about the servant girl asking him anymore. If she nope. came back, I know him. I was with him. And I want to tell you she about him. She could very well be there. She could be there. You know, she it's could be there. Amazing. She's probably there. Yeah. And she maybe she believed. And it's just amazing. He doesn't care anymore. And it's like, you know, we shouldn't care anymore about those kind of things. And we have a chance now to stand up for Jesus and to proclaim Jesus and preach Jesus just like Peter. And he did it with conviction. Yeah. And it also, I marked this down because he was strongly urging then. And, and, and um, I wrote down, this shows me the power of preaching. You know, the power of preaching, the importance of preaching God's word to God's people gathering together and what that can do to the body of Christ and those on the outside coming to observe and they could believe and be saved as well. So very important that you you speak with conviction, live your life with conviction, tell people about Jesus, and then you and then the importance of preaching, you come to church and then you bring people and make it a part of what you do, bring your family. And everybody. So pretty exciting. I love it. There's so much more we could talk about and we'll talk about in the coming weeks as we go through the book of Acts. I'm going to go right off that second one that you said uh, for the what's this telling us about God, a quality preacher, which I know many of our listeners will listen to you and I preach, but um, a quality preacher is not just a guy who stands up and doesn't care if people shun him, right? Like, like you said, like he's not worried about their approval anymore, but there are lots of terrible preachers that get up and just don't care about people's approval. And they confuse that and say, I'm a great preacher because I boldly declare like, no, the thing that makes Peter a great preacher is the Holy Spirit is behind his words, guiding him and leading him and dictating him. And the fact that he is well read in scripture and he's mm -hmm. able to pull these things it's forward, true. right? He's pulling forward scripture yeah. from the book of Joel. Yeah. You know, outside of this past year when we all read the book of Joel, yeah. I'm going to say reading the book of Joel is not at the top of people's reading list, right? But Peter pulls forward right after the resurrection under the guidance and power of the Holy Spirit. He pulls forward from the book of Joel to connect with his audience who would have known the book of Joel. And we're probably sitting there expecting things from the book of Joel to happen True. because of the, the Roman oppression and everything else. He pulls that forward in order to get people saved. And I'll tell you what, as a preacher— to look and say, okay, I need strong biblical knowledge and I need the Holy Spirit to speak through me. 
that's amazing. And that is such a challenge to me. But I'll be honest with you. It doesn't matter if you're preaching a sermon on a Sunday morning. You, Every person who believes in Christ has the opportunity to speak truth. Yeah. And you know what you need? Yeah. Do you know what you need? A solid biblical foundation yeah. and the Holy Spirit. There you go. So get after it. Yeah. I love it. So good. Good stuff. All right. Thank you for joining us today. It was a great day. It was a great day. We'll see you guys later. Yeah, we'll have another great day. Maybe. Could be great. We will. All right, bye.